Our first reading for this evening is from the 16th chapter of Exodus. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning, as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come. So they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt. So Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it. Then place it before the Lord to be kept for the generations to come. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron put the manna with the tablets of the covenant law so that it might be preserved. The Israelites ate manna 40 years until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from the 10th chapter of Hebrews. 
Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace. For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This season that we're in right now of Easter is one that's just filled with promises that God has kept to us. Even going back through the whole Old Testament, God made a promise way back in Genesis in the fall into sin that he would send a savior, a seed from the woman's offspring who would crush the serpent's head. And we saw that finally fulfilled for all of us on Good Friday when Jesus Christ died. And then three days later, we saw another promise that God made to us, that Jesus would rise from the dead. And even though Jesus' own followers were having trouble believing that or remembering it or even trusting it, God's promise held sure. He doesn't go back on his promises. And on that third day on Easter, Jesus did 
rise from the dead. The entire season of Easter really is about God making promises to us and God keeping them, fulfilling them. And he's been doing this for thousands and thousands of years for us, his people. Just take the Israelites uh, from tonight's reading. As they're leaving Egypt on the Exodus, God made a promise to them that he would care for them. And the most basic way that you care for anyone is making sure they have enough food to eat, that they have enough water to drink. And so, of course, God was going to care for them. And tonight, he sent them manna from heaven. And it was an amazing gift. Every morning they woke up, and literally on the ground before them was this flaky white substance that could be molded together and eaten. And it tasted a little bit nutty, and it had a little bit of a honey flavor, and it appeared every single day. God promised to feed them. And the people of Israel could trust that God was going to do this every day. They could have trusted. But as the Israelites were so famous for, they didn't. Here's what happened with one of our examples tonight. Moses said to the Israelites that you are to take gather one omer a day, which is equivalent of two liters. And that would be enough for you. Enough food that you need for that day. And every day you were dependent on God. But you could trust that God would give you what you needed. Because he promised. And at the end of every day, if they had any leftover, they were to throw it away. Because God was going to give them more in the morning. And that's what Moses said. Here's what it says in Exodus. No one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So even though God kept his promise of giving them exactly the amount of food they needed to eat for that day. Some of the people hoarded it. You can almost picture them taking a a little cake of it, shoving it behind their, their clothes or next to a shoe. Who knows what? But the point is this, not that they were trying to hoard food and have a midnight snack. It's not that. It's a matter of faith. They didn't trust that God was really going to do what God promised God was going to do every day. And that was to send them food to eat. And the same thing happened then later on with the Sabbath day. So you all know this. God commanded that his people rest on the Sabbath and not sleep. They were to be immersed in God's word. They were to be worshiping. And not being concerned with anything else in life. So on the sixth day, Friday, they were to go out with two omers. And God would rain down extra manna. And they were to fill up two of these containers. And that would be enough to get them through Friday. And to get them through Saturday, the Sabbath day. And they would be fine. God promised. 
And God delivered faithfully. But here's what the people of Israel did. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it. But they found none. So even though God promised that this is what he was going to do for his people, they didn't trust him. Even though God was faithful, they didn't trust him. And God was faithful. You may have noticed this at the end of the reading. Faithful at doing this every single day for 40 years. The entire time that they were in the wilderness, God supplied them with this manna from heaven. To show that he was faithful, but to also show his people that they could have faith in him. He wasn't going to let them down, no matter what. The Israelites had trouble trusting God fully. And I get it. I think at some point in our lives, we may all have a little bit of difficulty at times, fully trusting all the promises that God has made to us. And maybe even right now during the season of Easter, which is one that's filled with promises, I mean, promises fulfilled. The Christ came and suffered and died for our sins. The Christ rose from the dead on the third day. So many promises were fulfilled. And yet, it might be during the season of Easter that we're tempted the most not to trust God. Because God has made us the promise that we also will rise from the dead. That we also will have eternal life. And those are promises that are yet to come. Those are promises that we can't grab right now. Those are promises that we can't, like the Israelites, go out of our tent and try to rake more of that manna up. That promise was spoken to you by Christ. But we're waiting for it. And in the meantime, what we see before us is very often illness, sickness, disease, death, the loss of loved ones. And that's all very hard, very challenging for us to go through. And it might be hard for us to always trust the promises that God has made. There's one thing we should keep in mind always. God never once goes back on his promises that he makes to his people. Never once. Ever. And that's the one thing in life you can always trust. God is not going to go back on his promises to you. And that's what the writer of Hebrews was talking about today. There's an excerpt from tonight's reading from Hebrews I want to read to you that really grabs all of these promises that God made to us. 
In just two sentences, it grabs the crucifixion and the resurrection and the promise that God has made to you of new life. Hebrews said this. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed. With pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we professed, for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews says that your hearts have been sprinkled to cleanse you from a guilty conscience. That happens with the blood of Christ that came down on Good Friday. And then Hebrews says that your bodies have been washed with pure water. Your bodies have been brought back from death. And that is a promise God has made to you. The promise of a physical resurrection of the dead. God loves not just your souls, but also your bodies. And he's going to redeem them. He's going to redeem all of the bodies in this world. And they will all rise again. And all believers in Christ will have eternal life, physical eternal life, a physical resurrection of the dead. And we know this will happen. And we can be so sure and certain that this will happen for one simple reason. God has promised it. And to prove it to you, to prove that this gift really is yours, that you can look forward to, He raised his own son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, from the dead on the third day on Easter. To show you that you also will one day enjoy a glorified body, just like our Lord's body was glorified. It's a wonderful promise God has made to you. And it might be many years Until that is fulfilled. But you will see it one day. It's yours. For one simple reason. God promised it to you. And as Hebrew says. He who promised. Is faithful. Because he's faithful. We can have faith in him. We can trust him. We can rely on him. He'll never let you down. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.